Hello and welcome to the Moonshots Podcast. It's episode 247. I'm your co-host, Mike Parsons, and as always, I'm joined by Mark Pearson Freeland. Good morning, Mark. Hey, good morning, Mike. Good morning, listeners. Good morning, subscribers. Good morning, members. And good morning, world. Welcome to the Moonshots Show. Mike, I think we're kicking off a brand new series today with style. I think we're here to inspire, we're here to lead, and we're here maybe to be servants to our listeners and our members. Yes, new show, new series for a new year, Mark. Where are we starting? Mm. Well, today, listeners and subscribers, we are diving into the concept of servant leadership. And today, this is a brand new series, brand new series kicking off with a brand new author of whom we have not covered on the show before, Mike. We're going to be covering The Servant by James C. Hunter, which is a fantastic, legendary leadership book that's going to delve into key ideas that you and I are going to really enjoy, such as humility, empathy, the concept of selflessness, and basically traits that help you and I, as well as our listeners and members, become great people leaders, um, people in positions of maybe inspiration for those around us, whether you're in a leadership position or not. I think we've got a huge wealth of lessons that we can dive into today and across this entire series that I think will help us serve each other for long-term success. How are, how are you feeling about getting into it? Well, I'm I'm really looking forward to this because I think servant leadership, it sounds interesting. It's kind of emerged uh, over the last decade, but I think it's relatively, I'm not going to say maybe misunderstood, but it's sort of an unknown quantity. So you're absolutely right. Yes. Mm. If you're interested in empathy and taking care of others, but I think the real connection that we can make together is that if you take care of others, they'll take care of you. And if you're taking care of each other, you'll take care of the business, the sports team, the project, the community, however big you want to cast the lens, if you put others before yourself, this is in fact the greatest form of leadership. And it's not just the idea of, I don't want to be dramatic, suffering on behalf of others, but asking yourself rather than rushing to judgment of others, asking yourself, well, how can I help them through that challenge? Because you know what? Mm. What I see in the office a lot in my career is people jumping to conclusions and judgments that people don't get it, they're not good enough, when we could say, instead of rushing to that conclusion, is actually saying to ourselves, how can we help them grow? How can we help them make a breakthrough? Maybe they're stuck. Maybe they're dying and crying for help but just can't ask. So if we actually pay it forward, put out our hand to support them, I think truly great things can happen uh, in the office. And I think if we dive into this, we're going to see great things can happen on the Moonshots podcast. That's right, Mike. Well, look, I think you've set up the show as well as the series perfectly, Mike. I think now the next stage in our journey to kicking off this brand new series is going to hear from our first author, Mr. James C. Hunter, author of The Servant. James is going to kick us off today with a snapshot around this idea of great leadership and specifically, Mike, about doing the right thing. Be the boss you wish your boss would be. Be the father you wish your father had been more fully for you. Be the mother you wish your mother had been more fully for you. Be the neighbor you wish your neighbor would be. 
Be the co-worker you wish your co-worker would be. That's all servant leadership is about. It's just about doing the right thing. It's the right thing to do to have patience and self-control with people. right thing to do to be kind, to listen well, to give people appreciation, to encourage common courtesy, humility. It's the right thing to do to be humble. Anybody like being around arrogant people? Does that inspire you? It's the right thing to do to be respectful, to treat people like they're important. It's the right thing to do to be selfless, to meet the needs of others. That's what you signed up for, dad, mom, boss. Coach, teacher, administrator. That's what we signed up for, to identify and meet needs. It's the right thing to do to be selfless. It's the right thing to do to be honest, to hold people accountable for their actions, to set the rules of the house, set the boundaries. It's the right thing to do to be committed to be the best we can be. So all leadership is is just doing the right thing. Ooh. What I loved about that, Mark, is he showed that being a servant leader it really manifests itself at home, in the office, on the sports field, and many other places. Mm. And I think what he's alluding to, it's not just this idea of do the right thing, but to really think first, put yourself in the shoes of the people around you, the, the people that you care about, and when you do so, it and that really is a selfless act, right? Yeah. Because it, I think the thing that we all struggle with is we're in we're letting that monkey mind go. Oh man, I'm working real hard here. I'm the one doing the suffering. I'm pulling things for nobody else, right? That's the ego mm-hmm. talking, and we've we've spent a lot of time calling out the role of ego. You know, particularly when you look at the works of Eckhart Tolle and The Power of Now, I mean, we really get a look at how dark our egos can be. Our egos, Mm. uh, as Ryan Holiday would say, are the enemy. They prevent us from being selfless, right? Because we're like, poor me, the victim. Oh, it's so hard for me. I need special consideration. No, we all face hardship. But the key thing is to first think about the hardship that others are facing. And as soon as you do that, mm. I find it's you kind of chill out a bit because you go, oh, geez, yeah. you know, I might find that thing particularly straightforward, but I know, wow, okay, maybe that is a bit of a challenge for them. Well, not only is that an opportunity for me to help, to teach and to learn, but, Mark, I would even go a step further and say it's an obligation, Right. You're mm. fantastic at podcasting. Mm. So if some, one of your friends is struggling on their podcast, you don't sit there going, oh, I have 100,000 listeners a month. I'm doing great. No, you think, geez, they've only got 100 listeners a month. How can I help, right? Yeah. yeah. I believe You're right. that our purpose, particularly when we're good at something, is not to judge others who are not as good, but it's a call to action. Hey, be selfless. How can you help? And so you don't have to be good at everything, but I think particularly when the people around you struggle, and everyone has their struggles, so there's plenty of work on the roadmap there. It's a chance yeah. for you to go, hey, that must be hard. Let's think about how we can get you through it rather than like they're crap, they're hopeless, get rid of them, get them out, which is mm. so tempting, isn't it? Yeah, I think there's a lot of businesses that we've probably 
all encountered in our, our careers and our lives, maybe even from friends and family around us that have this reactionary behavior, you know, in a fast moving world where people are, you know, working remote, where people can, you know, operate in businesses in all four corners of the globe, it feels much more dismissive perhaps than it ever was. You know, it's very, very easy to maybe go and find somebody else, maybe to train somebody else. And you're right, that dismissive behavior is not something that if I was in the shoes of somebody receiving that advice or feedback or that direction from a business, I wouldn't be in a in a great headspace. I'd be quite disappointed. I'll be maybe feeling let down by the business. And I think that's where that word you used a second ago, obligation, really comes from. I've joined the team a business to be in a situation where I'm learning and I'm doing the best work I can. So when somebody, and I think that's probably true of the majority of people, mm. there's obviously going to be outliers, but generally I think everybody spends their time kind of doing the best that they can to a certain extent. So to react for leaders or business owners to react in a way that we would deem, you know, selfish, maybe ego driven, it leads to that feeling, as we've discussed in the show before, feelings of insecurity, feelings of, you know, no confidence when it comes to the job. And what happens when you don't feel confident, when you don't feel relaxed with your job, your quality goes down. Right. So really that that Venn diagram, if we want to call it that, or maybe the scale, by investing a little bit of time into being selfless, yeah. investing that little bit of time to maybe giving something back to the team around you, maybe being patient maybe as you've pointed out helping somebody along the path with a lesson that maybe they're struggling with yeah giving that little bit of advice that little bit of reassurance will ultimately uh, positively benefit the business won't it the, 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 your relationship and it feels good to give you know what's the famous oh. saying it feels better to uh, uh, give than receive to give than receive yeah but here's the other thing what we know about life is it is the greatest enemy we face. Life is always going to present challenge. So here's the yeah. thing. You might be doing great today, Mark, but tomorrow you might face a big challenge. So mm. there are, you cannot say categorically, I'll never need any help. I'm perfect. Yeah. Because what we have seen time after time, ain't nobody perfect and life has this ability to throw up challenges and trip us over, even when you're the best of the best. It's how you deal with it and how you cope with it. And sometimes we're going to need help. Sometimes mm. we're going to need the leadership, the servant leadership of others to come and help us, right? Mm. So mm. we better pay it forward because if we want that good karma out in the world where we've helped others when they need it, for sure, if that's happened, there will be times when people come and say, hey, Mike, hey, Mark looks like you're struggling with this. Could I do something to help? Mm. Or, hey, looks like you're struggling. That must be tough. How are you doing? Are you okay? You know? And certainly, mm. if I was to think of a group of people, Mark, that have been totally selfless, that is our members. I think you're totally right, Mike. You know, similarly with the idea of servant leadership, the idea of thinking of others, we're constantly thinking of our Moonshots members. And as part of our weekly, our daily tradition, Mike, maybe this is even part of your daily mantras. I know it probably should be one of mine, is announcing and celebrating all of our members from the four corners of the globe. So please welcome in Bob, Ken, Dietmar, Marjan, Connor, Rodrigo, Lisa, and Sid. 
Bonjour, Paul, Berg and Kalman, Joe, Christian, Samuela and Barbara, Andre, Chris, Deborah and Lasse, Steve, Craig, Daniel and Andrew, Ravi, Evert, Karen, Raul, Nicaragua, Ingram, Dirk and Harry, Karthik, Venkata, Marco, Jet, Roger and Steph, all of whom are over our annual membership. So guys, thank you so much for your continued celebrations and part of being the Moonshots family. Along their heels, I should say, include Raw, Nimelen, James and Diana, Wade, Christoph, Denise, Laura, Smitty, Corey, Gayla and Bertram, Daniela, Mike, Dan, Antonio, Zachary, Austin, Fred, Lorenz, Ola, Andy and our brand new member, Diana. Thank you so much, Diana, as well as all of our members for continuing to keep the moonshot ship afloat. Firmly fixed, Mike, on getting into the stars. Yes, some of those names are as hard to say as moonshot's ship, Mark. That was uh, <laughs> definitely one of the tongue twisters of the day. But we really are grateful for those contributions. It's the price of one cup of coffee a month, helps us pay the bills, helps us buy video cameras, lights, you name it, all the stuff that we need to produce this show for you. And if we think about next week, you'll be getting a whole master series. This is just the members, a master series on servant leadership. We've got so much to pack into that master series. You'll be flying to the moon. But in the meantime, if you're thinking to yourself, I want to be in on this, if you want to become a member, head to moonshots.io, hit the members button and the magic will happen. And whilst you all press that button and sign up, you can listen to the dulcet tones of our next clip, Mark. That's right. As you're signing up for Moonshots on Patreon, become a member, we're going to listen to James C. Hunter, this time providing a little bit of a snapshot, a deeper dive, shall we say, into the concept of servant leadership. Whenever people say, what is servant leadership, I like to divide it up. You know, what is leadership? What is servant? So we've already done the leadership. Can you inspire and influence people to excellence? Can you get people from the neck up? Can you get hearts and minds and spirit and creativity and excellence, right? The management, you know, you can get people from the neck down, people, hands and legs and back, and the market will tell you how much you got to pay for it. But true leadership is getting, not compliance, getting commitment, right? Discretionary effort, getting people to walk through walls, right? That's, that's leadership of excellence. So what gives you the right to get that from people? Why are people going to be willing to do that? Well, that's where the servant part comes in, right? What gives me the right is if I'm all about what you need, Darren, right? Serving right. you, identifying and meeting your needs, not your wants. I'm not here to be your slave. I'm not here to do what you want. That's right. I am here to get you what you need. What do you need? Well, you've got a lot of needs, legitimate needs, right? Respect and honesty and commitment and appreciation. You need to be valued. You need to know the rules of the house. You got a lot of needs, right? So a lot of people get mistaken. They think servant leadership's about being soft. Oh, man. I'll tell you, some of the great leaders I know, and I've met some great ones in the last decades, they're pit bulls, man. They they hug hard and they spank hard. <laughs> I mean, they they hug hard and they coach hard. I mean, they really get, the great servant leaders really get <clears throat> Two things. One, they love people. They honor people. And I'm not talking about how they feel about them. They extend themselves for people. That's what love is, extending yourself regardless of how you feel today, right? They extend themselves. They love on people. 
So when it's time to honor people, reward people, recognize people, have a party, company picnic, man, they're first in line. Let's party. They love people. But, man, when it's time to give the spank, when it's time to do the coaching, hey, Darren, here's our standard. Here's your performance. We got a gap, dude. We don't close this up. You're not going to get to play. Yeah. And if, I have, if I have to discipline you or fire you, I, I will feel like I've let you down. My job as your leader is to help you right. win. The test of my leadership is do you leave me better than when you arrive? So I feel like I'm failing you, Darren. So we're going to be talking about this gap every day. I need to get you above the rim. And so we're going to be talking about this gap a lot, right? And it might not be what you want, but it's probably what you need. That's right. So the great ones, Darren, man, they, they're all about people. They hug hard and, man, they coach hard. They coach really hard and their teams love them for it. That's right. So as you were talking, it made me think it's very easy for a manager to fall into objectifying his people, to use them rather than to develop them. Leaders have to have to spend time if they're thinking about leadership, spend time thinking about developing. But as you were talking about servant leaders trying to go that extra, it takes a lot to get really involved and know your people and really not just see them as an accountant or as a office worker or researcher or whatever it is, but to see that whole person and care about that whole person in order to develop them into where they need to go. And that might not be still with you. That might be developing them and releasing them and, and blessing them as they go on their way. And that's a hard thing to do. That's, I think, a lot harder than to simply objectify, use, and spit out and get a new one. Well, Mark, I think, uh, you know, whether you call it honoring others or whether you stop objectifying the people that you're responsible for, I love this idea Mm -hmm. then of it's not about getting people to comply but to commit. Um, And it reminds me of, do you remember when we did the Steve Kerr show recently, famous NBA coach, Warriors, he is the coach of Steph Curry, and we we got we had those amazing clips of him talking to Steph. He wasn't telling Steph to comply to a game plan. He was just like valuing him, lifting him, helping him. And I want to take you to this moment where I think we can all apply this when we're in a moment where someone is frustrating us a little technique that i do is stop any judgment and just say imagine that i am their life coach imagine this is like a sports thing where they're the athlete on the field and i'm simply the coach in the grandstand Mm -hmm. and i have this vested interest in them improving Because I think this is the real moment where we make the choice to either try and get people to comply or to commit, where we try and either instruct them, just tell them what to do or teach them how to. So I think if you are in a moment where you're like blood is boiling and you're like, oh, my gosh, would you just effing do it? (laughs) That's not... That's not how a servant leader works. A servant leader there, it can be tough love, but I think it's always about trying to unblock, trying to unlock that person as opposed to ramming them through and just shut up and do it. No, because it's through the understanding that they get the personal growth, right? So I love this idea. I'm just here to coach. 
I'm just here to coach. I'm just here to coach. It's like a mantra, right? Because hmm. this this fundamentally changes thing. When you see how Steph uh, uh, Curry and Steve Kerr talk to each other, there's no shut up and do what I say from Steve Kerr at all, right? No, no. If anything, he's more like the the biggest cheerleader of of the team. Yeah. You know, there's the role that he has, obviously, as you know, coach and, and manager, and he'll make sure that they deliver and, you know, maybe get a telling off if they don't or if they misbehave. But you're right. At the end of the day, it's a, a, a placement of inspiration. You know, I like that quote that we just heard from James in that clip. It's about developing more so than using. It's developing individuals who come and join you. I think this is true probably of not just individuals who you might be managing. I think there's also a broader idea as I'm listening to that clip, Mike, when I'm thinking about how I can collaborate with others, even if they aren't my direct report, even if I'm not necessarily their, their manager leader and so on, I think there's still elements that I can do when it comes to collaboration to help me give my time to others. Mm. You know, again, whether you've been in the business for longer, maybe your career is, is uh, you know, more it's you've been doing it for longer so therefore things just come a little bit easier whatever it might be there's always going to be certain times when i'm going to be stuck and somebody else isn't likewise somebody else is stuck where i'm not if we're all open to helping develop each other no matter what situation you're in and therefore go out and do that job you know slightly better I, again it leads to more of a collaborative happy environment and exactly as you say yeah. with steve kerr when we were watching those clips, all, all I'm thinking is, wow, I want to go and have a coffee with that guy. What a <laughs> exactly. great individual. <laughs> exactly. And, and we've all had managers that we don't want to have coffee with, right? Yeah. So let's- That's, that's exactly it. Yeah. So let's play this game. We, we've, we've dug up mm. uh, a little chart about what traditional old school management and leadership look like and what new management, like new types of leadership, i.e. servant leadership look like. And to play this game, I'm going to read what traditional old school leaders do and you read out what the new school ones do. All right. So traditional old school way of leading was seeking leadership as a rank to obtain. You want that prestigiousness. You want that authority and that power. That's the old way. What's the new way? So the servant leaders, as we're hearing from James Hunter, they see leadership as an opportunity to serve others, help them, develop them, be that person that helps them along that journey. Maybe they're going to leave you and be better for it. It's all about serving others. Traditional leader loves to use power to control, to command and drive performance. Servant leaders, they share power and control to drive engagement from the teammates. And that's a big one, right? Instead of like just mm. trying to crack the whip to hit the numbers, you're trying to get people yeah. engaged, right? Yeah, engagement is such a huge thing. Again, engagement leads to that word commitment that James was using. Exactly. Engagement, if I'm engaging with a business and I understand it, I care about it, I'm probably going to put in a lot of effort. Traditional leader measures success through output. Servant leaders measure success through growth and development. I mean, Mike, how good is that? Oh, yeah. This idea of growth, mindset, development. We're all here to learn. Imagine being in a situation where you've got a leader who measures your success, mm -hmm. as well as maybe their own, through a lens of development and growth. Mm. Oh, I like this next one. Traditional leaders are always the first one to speak. And maybe servant leaders are the first to listen. 
listen to others, maybe hear from them, maybe not being the loudest person in the room, but just absorbing, letting them talk. And those traditional hero leaders believe it's all about them. Whereas, Mike, our servant leaders, they understand categorically that it's not about them. What a difference there. What are two sides of the coin? (laughs) (laughs) That was fun. That was really fun. I tell you, the only thing that's more fun is listening to Simon Sinek, I think. Yeah, that's right. We have a slam dunk of a next clip to keep us on this journey around leadership. We're going to hear from the leadership master, Simon Sinek. Give us a little bit of advice about what makes a leader great. Leadership is perhaps one of the most misunderstood subjects in business. Leadership has nothing to do with rank. I know many people who sit at the highest levels of an organization who are not leaders. We do as they tell us because they have authority over us, but we do not trust them and we do not follow them. I also know people at low levels of organizations that have no formal authority, but they've made a choice the choice to look after the person to the left of them, the choice to look after the person to the right of them, and we would trust them and follow them anywhere. Leadership is the awesome responsibility to see those around us rise. You, every one of us, can choose to be the leader we wish we had. We lead our teams and we can lead our clients when we decide that we will do everything in our power to see them rise, to see them achieve their ambitions and their dreams. And this is what servant leadership means. I serve your dream rather than you serve my bottom line. And it's totally fine to have financial goals. It's totally fine to have metrics because that becomes the proof of value that somebody wants to give you their money because they believe in you. It is, it is proof positive. But uh, uh, the best leaders I know are students of leadership. There's no such thing as an expert leader. It doesn't exist. Like there's no such thing as an expert parent. It doesn't exist. Right? We are students of leadership. And even the most senior leaders constantly are reading books, reading articles, watching talks, having conversations all the time about leadership. They're always in learning mode. And I think for anyone who wants to be a leader, uh, you have to choose to be a student of the subject, like anything. If you want to be good at something, you have to study it. And the most ignored characteristic of leadership, you know, we talk about vision and charisma. Yes, these are important. But I've known some wonderful leaders who don't have huge world-changing vision. I've known some wonderful leaders that are quiet and sit in the corner, but they all have courage. The courage to advance a vision, the courage to ignore the short-term ups and downs of the business, the courage to take risks on people, the courage to believe in people, the courage to speak truth to power, the courage to do the right thing and have integrity. I think courage is a very undervalued characteristic of leadership. Gee, the only thing I could add to his list, Mark, was, you know, he said books, conversations. There's one particular podcast he could probably throw in there if you want to improve your leadership, Mark. 
Yeah, yeah, I think that's the Moonshots podcast. Mark, Here we isn't go. It? Here we go. <laughs> Man, there was so much in that. Look, yeah. I think what he juxtaposed for us is a bit the exercise we did previously, which is old versus new ways of working. But I think it's seeing us as continuously learning about ourselves and those around us. And I think it's like a big flywheel. When it starts working that I'm thinking about how to help you, you, me, us in the team, our team in the organization, and so on and so forth, it's like if everybody is paying it forward, it's like there is this compounding of goodwill, of support. It's double checks, triple checks. We've all got each other's back. Or alternatively, it's the old way of working, which is command and control, fear of losing your job, fear of losing favor. And for me, as, as I listen to Cynic, I really feel like what he caught was the transfer of the power in the relationship. I think, you know, pre-internet, you could safely say in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, the employer held the control. Like, Mark, you're lucky to have a job with me, the company. But I think mm. this may have gone completely 180 where employees yeah. now are saying, what have you done for me lately? How are you helping me yeah. become the best version of myself? I think we might be seeing this dramatic shift. And I think hugely accelerated post-COVID, hugely accelerated from work from home. Like a lot of people saying, I don't want to commit uh, commute to the office five days a week. I can't afford to commute. Like, And everyone's just saying, no. And so the, yeah. there's these classic stories that we all see now of CEOs trying to mandate work from home and everyone's like, yeah, that's not really working. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're right. There's more, um, it feels like there's more choice. And I don't mean choice from a job perspective necessarily. I think it's more a choice around how I want to work. Yes. You know, not only is there going to be a choice of where I work, when I work, but it's also how I work. And this idea of added flexibility, let's call it, or added variables is where I think this idea of courage really stands up. I think good leaders have to be in a position where they have courage in the team that they're building. Remember that they are there to inspire, have courage to maybe not throw toys out the pram when things don't quite go their way and have that courage to remember, what is it that I'm in here for? Am I trying to create a business and am I trying to create a good team? What is it? It's the courage to kind of hold themselves accountable. And I think that's the key element that I heard from Simon Sinek's clip then, Mike. Yes. This idea of empowerment, this idea of ownership. When I'm in that position to inspire a team, it's my role and my duty to do the best that I can. It's on me. You know, if I'm going to be inspiring that team, I'm not looking to others to do that. It's going to be my responsibility. And I think that commitment, that ownership, that idea that the only inspiration that these folks are going to get is from somebody in my position, perhaps, you kind of, it's kind of owed. It's, I, it's something I have a responsibility to deliver to that team, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And is there a destination, Mark, out there on the world wide web where if you want to tap into a bit more courage, a bit more leadership, where might one go mm. for said information? Well, you know, I think that clip was uh, slightly trimmed too early, Mike. I think where Simon Sinek was going to lead us towards in that previous clip was the fact that there's a great destination for leaders who want to learn just that little bit more. It's popping along to www.moonshots.com 
where we can achieve that lunar-powered karma of getting into the idea of growth mindset, learning something new each and every day via the means, Mike, of 247 shows, not even including the unique bespoke members-only master series. There is a plethora of entertainment and advice and information that's available on moonshots.io. And I tell you what, Mike, I use it pretty regularly. And I hope that a lot of our listeners and members do too, because there's so much work there. There is. You will find all the collective wisdom backlogs, links, um, summaries, you name it. It's all there. So head to moonshots.io. And as you do that, I think it's only fair that we return to our famous author and we devote ourselves for the final time, Mark, to the idea of servant leadership. That's right. Let's hear from James C. Hunter closing out the show today on his book, The Servant, by helping us understand that behavior and leadership is a muscle that we can indeed work out. We become what we repeatedly do, mm-hmm. right? What we focus attention to, that's what gets stronger. So if you're focusing on being a resentful, bitter person, guess what? There's going to come a point in time in life when nobody's going to want to be around you anymore. <laughs> and I know a lot of people where I've seen that play out. Yeah. You want to be a good human being, you got to start acting like one. It starts very young, Darren. I mean, if we're effective parents, what do we teach our kids? We teach our kids character, and it starts very young. Be patient. Be kind. Be a good listener. Follow through. Share. Right? Don't hit your brother. Stop hurting your grandma. <laughs> right? Do the right thing. It starts very, very young. It's a hopefully, and it's a long journey. It's 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 the most important skill you will develop in your life. Again, that's the second time I'll say it. Is your character? It's a muscle, and it's either getting stronger or it's getting weaker. Yeah. It doesn't just stay the same. Nothing living stays the same. I mean, we all learned this in science class, the second law of thermodynamics. I mean, the world is in a state of entropy. You got to throw logs on a fire just to keep up. Right. People say, well, I'm the same as I was a year ago. No. Green and growing or ripe and rotting. Pick one. Nothing living stays the same. So you want to be a stronger. You got to be you got to get in the gym, man. You got to lift those character weights every single day. What does that mean? Well, that means being patient when you don't feel patient, Mm. being kind when you're not feeling particularly kind today, listening when you don't have time, having that crucial conversation with your employee that you should have had two years ago. Mm-hmm. Having that conversation, oh, that's going to be hard. They're going to be mad. Yeah, that's the gym, right? Doing the right thing even when it costs you something. Then the next time you do it, it's still going to be hard, but it's going to be a little easier, right? You got to get in the pool, right? Leadership's a skill. It's a learned, acquired ability. It doesn't, isn't something you do intellectually. Nobody ever became a better leader reading one of my books, Darren. In fact, after I wrote The Servant, the the, the most common response I got, I still get it to this day. Emails, Jim, nice book, nice principles. Hey, man, this is apple pie in the flag. Who disagrees with this stuff? (laughs) But here's the problem. I got 10 crazy supervisors in my building. I told them to read your book. They liked your book, but they're still crazy. How do you help people to get it from here to here, head to heart, and heart to habit? How do we help people get it into their games? Well, we got to practice like any skill. Yeah. You got to get in the gym. 
and the gym of life is coming at you all day long, every day. You've made dozens of character choices today, Darren. Today. Am I going to be patient or impatient, kind or unkind, arrogant or humble, respectful or disrespectful? You're going to be selfless or selfish today. You're going to be honest and tell people the truth about gaps, or are you going to take a pass today? Are you committed or are you just involved? Are you just showing up, taking a paycheck, or are you serious about leadership and helping people grow? These are choices. That's the that's 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 how we build character. We have to practice. So we got to get people in the gym. You want to be a better leader? You don't listen to another PowerPoint deck, <laughs> read another book. I mean, that's helpful. I mean, just like going to swimming class. But if you never get in the pool, man, it's a complete waste of time. Right. Complete waste of time. Mark, for a moment there, I thought I was listening to David Goggins, and I just checked the screen. <laughs> no, James here. Yeah. Look, <laughs> isn't it interesting what you start to see is that helping others and helping yourself are mutually related, right? Um, but like the happiness series, we're learning that leadership not is a set and forget. It's not a one and done. It's a constant work. And, you know, it's really interesting how it felt so Goggins-esque, make it a habit be disciplined, do the hard things. These are the mega themes that we're discovering, whether we're talking to James C. Hunter about leadership in an organization or whether we're talking to David Goggins about overcoming incredible discomfort, the ideas are the same. So to me, Mm. this clip is if you are not seeing yourself doing what you are saying, then you're not leading. You're not working it out. You're not getting into the gym. As you heard, James C. Hunter, apart from getting ready to do your Rocky Balboa run up the stairs and fight Mm. for Philly, what were you thinking, Matt? I I think that one that we heard is is about accountability, Mm -hmm. holding yourself accountable. So not only was James taking us through this concept of am I just showing up, am I fully committed, am I just taking the paycheck, am I serving others, you know, that begins with knowing and recognizing your behavior. So the accountability, what am I doing? How am I reacting? But then he takes it a step further, say, if you notice that you're maybe a little bit weak in those areas, well, good that you've noticed because now you can change it. Yeah. You know, similar, like you just said, with Goggins and discomfort. I'm also reminded of Elizabeth Gilbert with creativity, as well as Dalai Lama with happiness. All these elements that we and these emotions, these these patterns, these ways of behaving are not something that you intrinsically are good at or not good at. You know, I think there's a lo- big reassurance here that for all of our listeners and members, if they're in a position where they want to maybe get better as leaders, for example, with today's episode, it is something that you can do if you start today. Just get started. Right. Part of your new year, new me, it's something that you can begin right here, right now after listening to the show, maybe even during the show. But like anything, whether it's discomfort as well, you just got to do it. And at the end of the day, Mike, the only person who can do that is me. I'm the only one who can hold myself to that, right? Yep. It's funny, isn't it? The the, the capacity to deal with discomfort and challenge is so much of the story of becoming the best you can be. And something that I would call out here is it is so 
important to recognize that when we're feeling uncomfortable, a lot of the time means we're doing something that's growing us. As you said earlier, growth mindset is in effect. But I think the crazy thing is how often we kind of run for the hills when we face that discomfort, fear, uncertainty, self-doubt. We're like, whew, we're out of there. Whereas this is the time to double down. And certainly James C. Hunter and David Goggins, they're doubling down into that stuff. Like Joe Rogan, Mm. get comfortable being uncomfortable. I mean, what a great way to frame how you want to go about making leadership a habit. So good. So good. I think we've learned a lot, Mike, not only to inspire us about, you know, servant leadership. I think actually we've really kicked off the series with a bang around leadership as a whole. You know, it's a great moment for us to reflect on how we work with others, isn't it? Yep. We are going to, I think it's safe to say we're going to pummel our our viewers, our listeners and our members with a barrage of leadership, servant leadership, and great teamwork thinking so that you can go out in this new year with a new show, new series to kick some ass. Mark, now that we've started that first show, that first series for 2024, what is the homework assignment that you're taking home from today's show? Well, I liked how John C. Hunter touched upon some of the lessons we were hearing from Adam Grant in The Hidden Potential, that element of character traits, the idea of working on yourself. For me, I want to take it that step further by really digging into this concept of behavior being a muscle. I want to get into the cognitive gym. I want to try and expose myself to things that maybe I've been delaying for a little bit too long. Maybe those are conversations. Maybe those are things that I'm running away from. That workout is something I want to try and embrace, Mike. That's the thing I'm going to lean into this week. What about you? What's really inspired you today from John C. Hunter? And I suppose it's time to also demute. Yes, maybe get in the gym. Yes, <laughs> I'm. I'm. I'm in. Uh, I'm outside the gym, but now I'm inside the gym. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so when I when I think about that exercise we did between old and new leaders, you know, kind of command and conquer leaders or servant leaders, mm. I think I want to make sure that I don't. Sometimes I'm doing one, other times I'm doing the other. Like that's almost like a checklist. Listen, help others rise, um, but also challenge yourself. Am I doing everything I can to help those around me? Because that's what a servant leader would do and to do it every day. It It can't just be like occasionally. It needs to be constant, right? Yeah, I agree. I think that's a great one as well. Yeah, yeah. Action-packed. Holy smoke. Well, Mark, a big thank you to you and a big thank you to you, our listeners, viewers, and members for show 247, where we dove into the work of Mr. James C. Hunter and his book, The Servant. Four big lessons, four big clips, and it started with doing the right thing. Easy to say, but hard to do. And then we went on to define servant leadership. It's not about others complying, but committing. That's your job as a servant leader. And then you might ask what makes a great leader? 
a great servant leader. It's seeing others rise around you. It isn't about authority. It's about inspiring and helping others to rise around you. And it's not something you can do once every now and then, but rather behavior like this of servant leadership, it's a muscle, it's a habit, and you need to adopt the ideas in servant leadership in order to do the very best for yourself and those around you. Do those things and join us here on the Moonshots podcast where we're learning out loud together and you are on track for shooting for the moon and being the best version of yourself. All right, that's a wrap.